Yesterday, my husband thought he saw a cockroach in the kitchen, and he sprayed everything down and cleaned it really well. Today, I'm putting a cockroach in the bathroom. It's mom joke. Mom jokes. It's spicy is the universal mom code for I don't want to share. Is this true? Yeah. A son says to his mom, Mom, can I have $20? The mom says, does it look like I'm made out of money? And the son says, isn't that what M-O-M stands for? (laughs) Made out of money. So we're giving out flowers. I invite you guys to go ahead and grab a flower if you are a mom here or just a lady in the room. We would love to just invite you to have a flower. So what is the best flower to give on Mother's Day? Mums. Mums. Yeah? Like that? I'm just going to keep going. What, what did the baby corn say to the mama corn? Where's popcorn? Mom jokes. What did the panda give his mommy? A bear hug. We'll end on that because I got the uh. That means it's time to stop. So I'd like to start off this Mother's Day with just kind of sharing a little bit about my mom. Uh, at six years old, my parents decided to start a church in my home, which is really fun. And so, um, you know, a lot of people say they grew up in the church. I literally grew up in the church because it was in my house. And uh, so, yeah, my mom was uh, just, you know, she's just an amazing woman. And for our very first service of, of our church, when we planted it, it was the worst storm that they had ever seen in 50 years, worst snowstorm. And so it was me, my brother, my sister, my mom, and my dad. And that was our church plant. And my dad says it was the worst tithing service he'd ever done. <laughs> Not a whole lot of offering with that one. But over the years, I learned so much of, from my mom. Uh, at one time, my, my dad actually left his job to go full-time into pastoring. He's a pastor also. And, and I watched my mom like, support that decision, even though it was like, kind of crazy at the time. My dad worked for J.I. Case. Does anybody remember J.I. Case in the room? They were like a big outfit in the Quad Cities. And so my dad really felt that he was supposed to go full-time as a church, as a pastor. And so he went in and told his boss that he was quitting. He was putting in his two-week notice. And on his way back from his boss's office of telling him that, um, over the intercom, they said there's going to be a mandatory meeting. And that mandatory meeting was they're shutting down J.I. Case. And so, like, you know, God was totally in that, had already put on his heart, and this is what you're supposed to do, and how confirming is that? I mean, yeah, quit your job, you're not going to have one. <laughs> so I watched my mom just, like, support that, and she's just been an amazing woman all my life, just always there for me. She taught me so much of unconditional love, because if it was conditional, I wouldn't be loved. Uh, <laughs> She, she taught me so much of loving people right where they're at. I watched her, like, she's a pastor, she's a counselor, she's a mom. She's, like, just able to balance so many things. And moms are just great at that, aren't they? Just so good at balancing things. 
One thing that she taught us was, you're going to church. And uh, we did. We went to church Sunday morning. It's an hour and a half long service. Then we went to church Sunday night, which is another hour and a half long service. Then we went Wednesday nights, which was a Bible study, which is another hour and a half long. So imagine as a kid, like none of that. I'm not talking about youth group. I'm talking about just going to church with all these old people. (laughs) And it's just me and like a couple of my friends playing drums on the seats during worship. But you're going to church. Like, that, that was one of the things that, like, she really poured into me. So I asked our staff uh, this week uh, as a church, um, our church staff, like, how many times did you go to church and did you go to church as a kid? And every single one of us went to church at least three times a week. Went about three times a week. Christina, the, who's in City Kids, she went five times a week, guys. Give it up when you see her, like, Yeah. <laughs> Five times a week, just, you know, parents going to church, you're going to church. This is what we do as a family. My wife is uh, an amazing mom. It's Amy right here. Give it up for her. We just celebrated 20 years of uh, marriage. Got married on Cinco de Mayo 20 years ago. Just in case you're wondering, if you ever go to Mexico on Cinco de Mayo, they don't care. We learned that the hard way. But uh, so, yeah, we got married 20 years ago, Cinco de Mayo, and she's been an amazing mom. So Amy worked third shift at the hospital, went back to school to get her LPN, and then worked third shift the entire time, and then went back to school again and got her RN all the time while our kids are growing up. And so she's working third shift. So I remember throughout the day, a lot of times it was like, shh, okay, guys, be quiet. Don't wake up mom. Because <laughs> that can, but uh, she's been an amazing mom to our kids. Loves them right where they're at. Is always encouraging. Just uh, always cares for them. Like she's been an amazing mom. I've just learned so much from moms over the years. You know, just how it is to just truly love. Moms are so good at love, loving us. When. Um, one thing that I've noticed with our relationship is, is I'll come home with really big ideas, but it's really up to Amy to like follow through on any of them. <laughs> I remember coming home and going, we're, we're eating vegan. Like I heard this thing on the radio. They, you hear what they're doing, the chickens? <laughs> we're going all vegan for the rest of our life. As a family, we're going vegan. I don't want any meat in the house. Okay, honey. <laughs> It's really up to the moms that follow through on this stuff. I have a lot of big ideas. We'll never go to McDonald's again. Did you watch Super Size Me? Crazy. Look at what McDonald's is doing to people. Okay, honey. Do you want a quarter pound of cheese? Yes. <laughs> it's really up to moms to like follow through and carry out some of the big ideas that are brought to the table. And also, balance mount is this really important We'll never have a phone in the house again. (laughs) Everybody, turn off your phone when you walk in the door. Didn't work out. These are ideas I've had. Good ideas. (laughs) There are. A phone box. Right? Outside the door, you just drop your phone in there, and then when you leave, you can get get your phone. Doesn't work. So this is what we've uh, experienced as a family, and 
Um, it's really moms that like carry out the, what happens within the house. In the book of Nehemiah, that's the book that we're actually going through as a church, we're in chapter 10 today, and you're going to see that Nehemiah actually invites people into carrying out God's law in their homes. And Nehemiah is a man who was, his heart was broken for the city. The city was completely demolished, and the Babylonians had came and destroyed everything. Well, people are finally coming out of exile because the Babylonians took, cap, took them captive. And they're coming home, and so Nehemiah builds a wall around the city to protect it. Then he puts in gates so people can come in and out. But at the very center of the city is the temple of God. And so Nehemiah puts this big emphasis on we need to worship in the temple again, guys. Like, even though our houses aren't completely finished, we need to get back to worshiping God as a people. And so he invites Ezra to come into the city, and they build this gigantic platform for Ezra to present the law of God to people. And as Ezra's presenting this, the people start weeping. They start falling on the ground. Like, it's pretty much the Ten Commandments. And they were just thinking about how they've, like, walked away from all of this. Their hearts were broken. They were mourning. But Nehemiah says, don't mourn. Actually rejoice because what this means is God's inviting us back in. We get to be God's people. And so the people actually start to rejoice. They get out food. They, they start having a celebration. We get to be God's people again. So now that they know what the law of God represents, Nehemiah gets everybody together once again and says, we're going to sign a covenant saying we want to be God's people. Like we're going to put our name on a piece of paper saying we are God's people from now on. And that's where we're picking it up today, Nehemiah 10. So if you want to turn there in your Bible, if you've got a Bible, it's going to be up here on the, on the big screen behind me. I'm going to go ahead and pray, and we're going to jump right in. Nehemiah 10. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the plans that you have for this morning. Lord, I just pray a blessing over all the moms that are just here this morning. Um, yeah, Lord, just thank you so much for how much they've represented to us and each one of us, that whether our mom's here today or, or gone, Lord, we just thank you for the impact that they've, they've been in each one of our lives, the values that they've instilled in us, the, the things that they called valuable, the things that they invited us into. And so, Lord, I just pray that you just bring that back to memory as, as we look at Nehemiah and as he shares with the people, this is what God invites you into. This is what he says to value. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to start with verse 28. The rest of the people, the priests, the Levites, gatekeepers, musicians, temple servants, and all who separated themselves from the neighboring people for the sake of the law of God, together with their wives and all their sons and daughters who are able to understand, all these now join their fellow Israelites and nobles and bind themselves with a curse and an oath to follow the law of God given through Moses, the servant of God, and to obey carefully all the commands, regulations, and decrees of the Lord our Lords. So what happens is he gets everybody together, and they're getting ready to sign this covenant. And it lists off all the different people that were actually going to be signing this. This is everybody, everybody within the walls, okay? And here's what they're agreeing upon. Verse 30, we promise not to give our daughters in marriage to the peoples around us or take their daughters for our sons. 
So what happens is these were arranged marriages. And so what they're saying is from here on out, as people of God, we are no longer going to promise our daughters to other people that have other gods besides our God. We're actually going to marry people that are under the law, under the covenant with God themselves which is still really, really valuable today. I'm just going to invite you. If you're single today, it, the most important thing in a relationship is do both of you know Jesus and both of you love Jesus? That, in my opinion, is more valuable than how cute he is. We promise not to give our daughters a marriage, so they promise not to do that. The second thing they, they promise is when the neighboring peoples bring merchandise or grain to sell on the Sabbath, we will not buy from them on the Sabbath or on any other holy day. Every seventh year, we will forgo working the land and will cancel all the debts. So for one thing that they're making another promise is we're not going to work on Saturdays or on Sundays anymore. We're going to have a Sabbath. We're going to take one day off a week where we're actually going to like not work. And so if anybody from the neighboring towns that have other gods in front of them, that they serve other gods, they decide to work on the Sabbath and bring in all their merchandise into the temple walls. They're actually saying we're not going to purchase anything from them. So then people won't want to work on, on Sunday. I'm just curious I'd invite you to do a little bit of research this week and look at how successful Chick-fil-A is. Just going to throw it out there. Invite you to do that on your own time because I didn't have the time to Google it. <laughs> Don't do it now. <laughs> They're pretty successful, right? Yeah. They don't work on Sundays. We assume the responsibility for carrying out the commands to give a third of a shekel each year for the service of the house of our God, for the bread set on the, out on the table and the regular grain offerings and burnt offerings, for the offerings on the Sabbath, at the new moon feasts, and at the appointed festivals, for the holy offerings, for sin offerings, to make an atonement for Israel, and for all the duties of the house of our Lord." the house of our God. So even above and beyond a tithe, they all decide that we are going to set aside a third of a shekel together so that it can take care of all the other things that go on in the house of our God. Above and beyond a tenth of the income, they, they all decide to do that. We, the priests, the Levites, and the people have cast lots to determine when our families is to bring is to the house of our God at set times each year for a contribution of wood to burn on the altar of the Lord our God as it is written in the law. So each one of the Levites, the priests and the Levites, they all take, you know, casting lots is like, have you ever played straws with somebody and you get the short straw? So like the priests are like, okay, you get, you get the short straw. So you're bringing in all the wood this year for all the offerings that are happening, which is very expensive. Did you know, like, the priests and Levites even participated in maintaining and financially supporting the house of God, which is what we still do. Like, did you know pastors tithe? Did you know that? Yeah, pastors, like, aren't, uh, like, not obligated to be under the, the idea of, like, giving 10% of our income. Like, pastors give 10%, and a lot of pastors give a lot more than 10%. So everybody participates in this, even the priests and Levites. We also assume responsibility for bringing to the house of our Lord each year the first fruits of our crops and of every tree. 
As it is written in the law, we will bring the firstborn of our sons and our cattle, of our herds and our flocks, to the house of our God, to the priest ministering there. So what they're doing is they're dedicating their very firstborn sons, that this is my son, and if he's going to work in the temple, then that's great, but I'm dedicating my son to the work of the ministry of God. So the very firstborn sons, you see that in Samuel, I invite you, like if you're want to read into that some more. Read 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel and see how his mom dedicated him to the temple. And so this is what they're agreeing to, is that we'll dedicate our sons. Moreover, we will bring to the storerooms of the house of our God, to the priests, the first fruit of the ground, of our grain offerings, of the fruit of all of our trees, and the new wine and olive oil. And we will bring a tithe of our crops to the Levites, for it is the Levites who collect the tithes in all the towns where we work. A priest descended from Aaron and is accompanied to the, uh, accompanies the Levites when they receive the tithes. And the Levites are to bring the tenth of the tithe up to the house of our God, to the storerooms of the treasury. The people of Israel, including the Levites, are to bring their contribution of grain, new wine, and olive oil to the storerooms, where the articles for the sanctuary are to ministering Priests, the gatekeepers, and the musicians are also kept. Then finally it says, we will not neglect the house of our God. We will not neglect the house of our God. So Nehemiah gathers everybody together and everybody agrees upon this. In Jeremiah, we just got done finishing that book. It was such a great book. And I said that you can really capture the essence of the entire book of Jeremiah with one thing, people just don't want what God had for them. But now here's these people, their hearts are completely broken. They want what God has. And so they sign this and say, you know what? We want to be God's people. And what God is doing with his people is he's calling them into holiness. Will you trust me again in every aspect of life? There's three different things that he invited them to trust them with. Was their finances, right? So they gave a tenth. And then they also gave like a third of a shekel. I looked into a third of a shekel. It wasn't really that much money, but it was everybody participating in that. They all gave that so that the house of our God could actually continue, that people could worship in the temple, and it wouldn't go without need. Then they also, uh, God invited them to trust them with, with, uh, with their marriages, that they would agree to marry people that are also following Jesus, following God, they agreed to encourage family members. They wouldn't arrange marriages anymore with people that didn't also follow God. And then lastly, the other thing, the third thing is they, God invited them to trust them with their parenting, to dedicate their kids to God. This is your, this is your kid. I, I trust you with this. I trust you with parenting them, to dedicate their kids. This is a really big commitment that they all agreed upon. Ezra reads the word of God. He pretty much reads the Ten Commandments to them. They all fall to the ground and start weeping. Nehemiah says, get up and rejoice. God's invited you back in, and let's dedicate our lives to him. Let's be totally all in, 110% into following God. Let's be God's people, and here's what it looks like. It looks like our finances. It looks like our marriages. It looks like our parenting. Every aspect of our life, we want to dedicate to the Lord. And we can be God's people. This is for uh, the group of people for, that Nehemiah had in front of him. But today I have a question for us. 
What have you agreed upon? What's something that you agreed upon that's, that's a strong value to you? What's something you've taken a commitment and, and a covenant in that this is what we do? This is what I believe. This is how I'm living that out. As I was reading through this chapter this week, I just kept being pulled back to Joshua 24, 15. I just love this verse, and you've probably seen it at Hobby Lobby a hundred times and probably a hundred times in people's houses, right? Joshua 24, 15 says, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose yourself this day whom you will serve. That's so amazing because at some point in time in our lives, we will be serving something. It's what is it you're going to serve, okay? We will all be serving. We're all coming underneath something. And so Joshua says, if God's undesirable, then you choose who you want to serve. He says, whether your gods or, or uh, whether the gods of your ancestors served the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But he says this, and this is, this is so valuable for us. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. You know, at some point in time, you're going to come into a commitment. You're going to come into a covenant where you're serving something. But as for me and what happens in my house, in my four walls of my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to serve the Lord. As for me doesn't mean that your entire neighborhood needs to come under the covenant that you've taken with God. It's a beautiful picture and it could happen, but what happens in your house, as for you in your home, it doesn't mean that everybody's going to live out what you've decided is really valuable, does it? But who cares? As for you, you're going to serve the Lord. I go to a lot of clubs uh, here in live music to support the bands, the, the musicians we have in this church. I love that. There's not very many clubs that I see this passage in. <laughs> because it's not, up to, it's not up to the club to live this out. It's up to me to live this out. I'm not going to put it above their bathroom door. That's for me. That's my house. I've made this covenant with God. As for me, I'm going to serve the Lord. What happens in my family, what happens in my house, what we value, what we don't value, the things we watch on Netflix, the music we pump through our home. As for me, my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. The jobs that we take, the jobs we turn down. It's really hard to find a boss that has the same value for God as you. It's not up to your boss to value gathering together with a group of people on Sunday morning. That's up to you. It's not up to anybody else to to value the same exact values that you have, that you're going to serve the Lord. That's us. It's the covenant that we take with God. The way we parent our kids, they're God's kids. As for us in our house, you know what? We're gonna serve God. 
So it doesn't make sense. I know. I know Jenny's parents let her do this. Man, I have kids, okay? So I lived through all of it. Well, they always do that, and they get to do this. Why don't we get to? Because as for us in our house, we serve God. Not saying anything against them, but this is what we do. This is a challenge that we face. One thing that 2020 did for me as a pastor was this. There was two things, actually. The first thing that I realized in 2020 was there's two different approaches to last year. Either you went crazy, let's be honest, right? You've seen social media. Or you came back to what's really important in your life. What do you really value? And so I watched so many people in the church take their plate of just busyness, of just so many things that we're just so busy with, and go, whoop, because none of them matter anymore. It's all wiped clean. You can't go to them anyways, right? And I watched us like come back to the word because we were hungry. We need to know answers. We had so many questions of what's going on. We need to know. And so like we got hungry for the word, hungry for God. Like we started reevaluating our values. What? Why did I value that so much? It just went away, and I didn't even know, I didn't even notice I was spending so much time doing that. I mean, you came to the realization of that. So many things in your life, you're just like doing all these things, and it's like, wow, this is a whole lot of my time. And then when it got wiped off, you're like, who cares? Right? And so I think it's really important for us to look at this year as we start to pile things back on that plate it starts to add up, and all of a sudden we find ourselves so busy again. We came back to this realization in 2020 how important family is, how important our relationships are. You got to keep them strong. How important God's word is in our life. We came back to that. So I think it's really awesome to just look at this as Mother's Day and go, you know, it's a great opportunity to go, what am I allowing in my house right now? Is it serve the Lord? And if it's not, I got really great news for you. God has given you a door to your home for a reason. You can kick it out and then shut the door. Like, get it out of your house. If there's something that's infiltrating the atmosphere of your home and and you're bombarded. Maybe it's, maybe it's the news is on in your home 24-7. There's an off button on the TV. How great is that? You know, maybe it's just social media, just everybody sitting around playing on their phones in the home. Maybe try turning them off. This is, we're going back to that idea, Amy. We're going to put the phone box on the outside of the... Ready? Let's do it. Let's follow through this time. Anything that comes against, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Anything that steps into that, anything that wants to tarnish that in our home, we have a front door. We can get it out of the house. And so whether you live underneath the roof with other people, 
or whether you live on your own or you're in an apartment complex, it's a great verse to just remember, as for me in my house, in my room even, I serve God. So the things that I choose to fill my mind with, the things that I choose to actually value, they come underneath the power of God. And so I talked about like actually clearing things out of your house if there's some things that don't come into alignment of that. But what do I want to invite you of, into is fill your house with the presence of God. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. They had a temple that they would actually gather in, and then they had the holy of holies that only a priest would be able to go into one at a time. They'd only be able to go in there once in a great while to be in the presence of God. But what Jesus did on the cross is he actually tore the veil that each one of us carry the presence of God every single place that we go to. And so we can go home and our house can be a temple to God. It can be filled with the presence of the Lord. That no matter where you go, you can actually take a verse, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. They can take that into a workplace that wherever you go, you can serve the Lord. You can value him. So what I've done for, for us as a church is I printed off that, that verse. What I'd love to invite you into is just put it up on your refrigerator this week. Just throw it up on the fridge and say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Just as a really good reminder. And if there's anything that just comes in and tries to take its place as what you need to serve, you can actually just look at that verse and say, no, I serve God. I value God. I choose his way over my way. I choose his way over what other people are telling me I'm supposed to be valuing right now. I choose God. Can serve the Lord. I just want to pray a blessing over, over our moms today to take back your home, to take back your homes. If you're a mom in this room, I just want to pray, pray a blessing of encouragement and strength to just take back your home. If there's anything that's stepped in line of, of you serving God in your home, that the Lord would just give you that encouragement and that strength to take back your home. And also just a blessing over the moms today as uh, they just live out the word love. Just love to read a scripture over each one of them. If you're a mom in this room, would you stand up? Let's give it up for the moms. Cool. Yeah, be great. Just go ahead and put out your hands. Like you're receiving a gift, moms. Go ahead. There's a verse that we always read at weddings a lot of times. And I would love to just read it over moms because it just describes what love is. And as, a, as the Lord just fills you up with each one of these different compartments of love, he's going to pray that he fills you up flowing and overflowing with his love for you and your, uh, your love for your family. It says, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrongs. 
Yeah. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. And it always perseveres. Love never fails. Love never fails. Would you guys just uh, reach your hand towards one of these moms standing up? Let's just pray a blessing over them. Yes, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you're doing, Lord. Yeah. Yeah, for each one of these words that live out love, Lord, that's what we just pray over each mom in this room. Give them patience for for their kids and, and their husbands. Mm. Patience, Lord. Kindness. No records of wrongs. Let each morning that they wake up be a fresh start, a brand new morning of mercy and love for their family, their entire family. Encourage them, God. Thank you for the blessing that each one of these mothers have been in their kids' life. Just continue to bless that. Continue to bless those relationships with, with their family, with their, with their children. Bless those relationships, Lord. Pour out your blessing, God. Give them strength and encouragement to continue on to to lead their family well, to lead the home well, to be the heart of a home. Yeah. Just pour out your love on them. Come now. Come, Holy Spirit. Just pour out your love. Bless them, Lord. Let today just be a joyous occasion for, for each one of them in this room as we just honor mothers, as, as we remember just how much they, they mean to us and uh, just the self-sacrificing job and role of, of parenting. Lord, um, just bless them, God. Refill any area of their life that, is, that has been dry and weary, Lord, I just pray for joy to rise up in different areas and um, for your, um, your strength to rise up where any areas that they've just been weak, they've uh, just been going so strong. Just give them strength right now. In Jesus' name, amen.